you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and I have a very special guest today. A very spontaneous and fun conversation is in store for all of you. Joining me from Philadelphia today is Fatima Katz. Now, Fatima is a mother, wife, daughter, sister, and an executive assistant in corporate America, who also happens to be a mediumistic, intuitive Reiki practitioner and a psychic still working in corporate America. Now, Fatima's family roots are embedded in the Middle East. She was raised in a religious home by an extremely psychic mother who resisted her psychic gifts and psychic tendencies. Fatima has had experience with resisting these very same gifts which run in the family and is here to talk to us about some of that today. Now, she has embraced them. So there's a, a wonderful transitional, transformational story in store for us here and is now in process of getting out of the corporate world. So welcome, Fatima. Oh, thank you, Tomas. It's a pleasure to be here. This is so much fun. It's not every day that we have a, a guest on the show who is in corporate America and you're transitioning out. So uh, that's the first thing that I think occurs to me to ask you about is where are you in that transition? I mean, I'd like to be running out of there like a bat out of hell, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, but I'm, I'm basically trying to get myself out. Um, mentally, I'm out. But physically, I'm still there. So um, they have no idea that I do this. They have no idea this side of me. They only know my number side, my professional side, my, you know, suit side, for lack of a better word. Um, <laughs> so if they ever heard this, it should be really quite interesting and a little surprising, I'm sure. Well, this can be found, of course, anywhere people listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Oh yeah, Stitcher, mm -hmm, Podbean, yeah, iHeartRadio. I'm sure someone will pick it up. So what will they learn about you that they don't know? Well, they will definitely learn that spiritual side of me, the psychic medium stuff, um, the Reiki practitioner stuff, um, that I'm not all about creating spreadsheets and <laughs> figures, financial figures and, meetings. I'm actually really quite a spiritual person, mm -hmm. but they have no idea. Okay. Well, perhaps they're about to discover and you may wind up getting some phone calls or emails from them saying, Hey, I am too. And now are you in the financial sector? Is, is that the uh, arena yeah. that you're in? Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty much it. I'm um, an assistant, an executive assistant to two financial advisors. So it really is all mundane numbers and digits and spreadsheets. And they're wonderful people, but it's just that side of my brain struggles a bit, I have to say. I don't know how I've done it this long. <laughs> okay. How long have you done it? 
I mean, we're going on almost a decade, I'd say. Yeah, like nine and a half years. Okay. All right. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think there are listeners that have been in careers for quite a while and, and maybe some that are in the process of transition. So I hope that uh, I hope that you may inspire some people to make the same transition that you're making. Now, tell us a little bit about what you're transitioning into. Um, I just was certified and I'm officially a Reiki master as of two months ago, the pandemic sort of kicked my butt into gear and was just uh, decided I was going to officially finish that. It took me a very long time because I started back in 2012. Um, so I, I do Reiki healing, but primarily I, I, I don't know how to declare myself. I would say I'm a pretty well-rounded intuitive psychic medium mm -hmm. um but it's with the reiki abilities as well to do that but really the core of me is the psychic stuff um i think i was so afraid honestly to move forward in the psychic area because of the stigma that's attached to that um that i almost wanted to hide behind the reiki certification and then came to realize that 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 just kind of just adds to it it helps me connect better and so I don't really know what to call myself, to be honest with you. Just an open, well-rounded spiritualist or something. <laughs> oh, no, gotcha, gotcha. Healer. A healer, okay. Yeah. Well, I think that works. I think every single person that I've ever had as a guest on the show has been a healer in some capacity or another, whether they have called themselves that or not. So mm -hmm. let's let's talk about the psychic nature of everything. At what point did you realize that you had psychic abilities? I prefer to say it. Um, at what point did I realize that not everybody else did okay. um, mm -hmm. at a mm -hmm. very young age? I mean, I was always sort of walking one foot in the spirit world, one foot in the physical world. Um, there was many moments in time where I would see people that weren't being acknowledged. Um, and I'm talking four years old, um, three years old. I mean, it's just always been that way. Um, and there was moments that I would talk to them and, you know, my family would be like, who are you talking to? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And then as I grew, um, yeah, I would say about three or four, but it was always this inner knowing as well, aside from seeing spirits, just knowing the core of human suffering, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, people yeah. could be smiling and acting normal, but the, I always felt their, their internal struggles so strong at such a young age. It, it's, it, it baffles my mind. And I, I actually notice it more now because my children are the same way. So when I look at them, it's like almost like flashbacks into my past. If, you know what I mean? I do. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And it's quite common for this to be generational. So it sounds absolutely like that's the case for you. Now, when you were very young and knowing this is a, a powerful statement to know the core, intuitively know the core of human suffering. So how did you react to knowing that when you were very young? Um, there was many moments where I would just break down in tears, honestly. Um, okay. I was known to 
just approach my family, mainly my family, not random people in the street, um, and lay my hands on them. Um, like put my hand on their hand or on their shoulder, almost as though I was comforting them. I guess in maybe a weird way that that is a form of Reiki, but I just, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I just knew that I wanted to comfort them. And you know how babies, when they hear other babies crying, many times they just take on the, the other baby's emotions and start crying as well. So that was a very off, like a, a very common thing I did as a child and actually still do it today. So mm-hmm. it's almost like taking on their emotion. Um, yeah, I would take on their emotion. And sometimes I would even just talk to people out of nowhere, just advise them. And I have no idea where the advice is coming from. So they'd always look at me and be like, wow, you have a very wise child, Lila. Mm, <laughs> That's okay. my mother's name. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, then you've, um, you've indicated in, in your bio that Lila, your mom, is also a psychic. And um, mm-hmm. now, does it go back in your family before her or is she the yeah. first okay so it goes all the way back yeah um the only one the generation before that ever openly admitted was her uncle so my grandmother's brother um and he actually filled me in on the generations before him apparently it was a very common phenomenon for them to be precognitive um they would have dreams a lot about futuristic events they would speak to ancestors um the same thing he he could uh do psychometry my mother can do psychometry okay Uh, she would never call it as such but you know now she's she's better um Mm -hmm. he also can see spirits my my whole family really does have a lot of this in them but some of them are so religious that it's like that's the work of the devil no way Mm -hmm. You know, we need to exercise the demons or, but you know, it's just, my mom's grown a lot. We'll give her credit there. Okay. Well, and we indicated at the top of the show that you have roots, family roots, your roots are in the Middle East. Tell us a little bit more about that and how that plays into the whole dynamic. So the the Middle East, uh, you know, Egypt, um, primarily is an Islamic place. I mean, there mm-hmm. is Coptic Christians as well, and there's Jews there too. And there's, it is well-rounded for the most part, but I think primarily it's Islamic and that is not looked upon well. Um, so I'm trying, you know, my entire family was very, very always, con- very much concerned with gossip and what people will think things of that nature. So most everything they kept under wraps. Psychic abilities would probably be a primary thing that they would just not discuss, except amongst themselves while praying to wish it away. Um, So it it caused a bit of suppression. I mean, really, they they couldn't grow. Um, It was a seed that was planted there that was stifled in, in like their gut for lack of a better word, like the plant just would not grow. So it just spiraled in their gut and just sort of hung out there. Um, But my uncle let it grow. My mother's letting it grow now. Um, 
I think I helped with that. I'd like to think I helped her with that. <laughs> well, that's good. Now, did uh, any of the people that did not let it grow, did they experience any physical symptoms or, or disease or anything like that? Um, there's a, there's a lot of, see, I hesitate in saying this out loud because I do feel that, that cancer can be blocked, you know, blockages or, um, I said stomach area because it's, it, it does run rampant in the male side of my family in the stomach area. So, um, also breast cancer did too, um, with my mom's siblings, two of them to be specific, including my mother. And that's in my opinion, the heart area. Um, so in, I hesitate in saying it because I know it sounds like some people would look at me like I'm crazy, but I do feel that dis-ease in your own authenticity will create disease in your body. Um, aside from that, there is also alcoholism, which is very much against the Islamic faith. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but but there is several family members that that were alcoholics, and I do look back at that now and think it's too to, to um, stifle their abilities. Does it okay. sort of numb it out? You know. Wow. Okay. So uh, yeah, then people have attempted to stifle it. And uh, now you did mention um, an uncle uh, in addition mm -hmm. to your mom allowing this to grow. Now you were born in Chicago and, and raised in the United States. Now, have you spent a lot of time in the Middle East then? I have, yeah. I, I went almost every summer my entire childhood okay um, but i have to say the very last time i was there was 2005 um mm -hmm. so it's been a while but prior to that i was going every summer um it was very important for my mother to instill the culture mm -hmm. sure sure yeah. you bet you bet and this was to egypt to egypt um i have been to syria i've been to uh jordan I've never been to Turkey, though. I've always wanted to. Never got that opportunity. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, it's uh, you traveled a lot, so you haven't traveled there since 2005. Mm -hmm. And so now one of the things that's intriguing to me about your story is the fact that while you've been aware of being psychic, of being highly intuitive, for a long time, you yourself stifled or at least attempted right at one point to stifle. Can you tell us more about how that began and, and what that looked like? Um, I think it was because people did not believe what I was saying. Um, oh, okay. Many times I would say things that I would just she's just crazy. Or, um, you know, I, I predicted a flight that was going to crash when I was nine oh. and, um, my mom had friends over and I, I was trying to tell them what happened and, you know, they just kind of poo pooed me away. And, um, that is actually one memory that I remember feeling like they're not listening to me. They're not listening to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think from that point forward, I just started keeping all those things to myself. 
it actually okay. got to a point where I didn't really get those um, visions or dreams anymore, specifically mm -hmm. the futuristic ones, um, until until I was pregnant with my firstborn. But occasionally it would happen, but not quite as frequently. I think at that time, that's when the switch, I was like, I, I just need to turn that down a lot. Um, but the inner knowing still stayed with me. Okay. Well, and what was it like for you day to day on an emotional level when you were turning things down? It was, it was painful. I mean, mm. not in a like physical way, but in a, it was just, um, it was like, I felt uh, stuck, a stuck feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. There was many times where I just, I felt like I, I, I wanted to tear my skin off. I mean, I don't know if that makes sense. I, mm -hmm. I remember even turning to alcohol myself to just numb that feeling, you know, because it felt like, I don't know, I attribute it to like the way they must have felt in the Salem witch trials, you know, where they're mm -hmm. being persecuted and, and it just, and that was not what was happening to me, mm -hmm. but there was a deep fear that something like that would happen. Not that I'd be burned at the stake or hung, but ridiculed in a way that that would just be a horrific feeling. Um, yeah, it was a painful feeling. It really mm. was. Yeah, well, I was like shutting down a part of myself. Yeah. Well, I'm, I can imagine that that would be very, very painful. And uh, how, how many years or how, what was the period of time where you were actively engaged in shutting that part of yourself down? Oh man, I mean, I would say my my reawakening really happened when I was 28. Okay. So we're talking nine to 28. What is that? Almost almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. happened? What happened at 28? I became pregnant with my firstborn. Okay. And when I tell you everything came on like gangbusters, I'm not even kidding. It was all of a sudden a flood of, they say when you're pregnant, you have vivid dreams and it's true, but the, the precognition of, I mean, I would dream that someone was going to call me the next day and tell me that they were going to the hospital and it would happen. Um, but it was happening so frequently that I was freaked out by it. And at that time, I still had that feeling of, I can't tell anybody this. Couple that with all of a sudden it's coming on full force again. So I, I struggled and I was hormonal and I was not able to drink to shut it down. Um, and by drink, I mean, I just loved my red wine. I drank it a lot. Um, and obviously when you're pregnant, you don't drink. So I think that that kind of opened me up more too. Um, so I guess my entire pregnancy went like that. And then when my baby was born and I'm waking up, what is it? Every hour and a half, two hours. I mean, she didn't let me sleep much. So it was being awoken by her, but also being awoken by beings in the middle of the night. I would hear voices. The bed would shake. I couldn't tell my husband. He had no idea that this was a part of me. None. It was... I was sleep deprived and petrified to go to sleep all at the same time. It was unbelievable. Astral okay. projection was happening. I didn't even know what that was at the time. It was 
it was, it was chaos when I think about it. I'm, I'm reliving that feeling inside, you know, it was chaos. All right. Now, is that chaos still going on now? Because there's so many people, especially in the last couple of years, that have had very, very busy early mornings from 2 to 5 a.m. Now, yeah. is, that, yeah. is that still going and on? No. Okay. It does. But, but, but I wouldn't call it chaos anymore because uh -huh. I've actually learned how to con not control it, but protect myself and sort of not come from a place of fear, which made it easier to digest and deal with, you know, now I can just simply say, I don't want to be bothered right now. Or I even created a little waiting room in a crystal. And sometimes I'll meditate with it and then let them cross when I meditate with it. You know, at that time, I, I was taught to me by a shaman, actually. Oh, um, sure. Okay. So I would say that the fear element is not quite there sometimes, but not quite to that intensity. All right. Well, now let's back up then to age 28, you're pregnant with your firstborn and like a flood, as, as you've described it, everything just comes pouring back and the nights are very interesting. So what enabled you to work through the fear that was present right there? I began researching like crazy. Okay. Um, I never did get tools or learn tools to protect myself. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes fear can attract things to fear. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I was researching a lot and I, I came across this meetup.com, which I didn't know what that was at the time. And I met this woman and she's still a very close friend of mine now, but she became my mentor and she taught me tools and helped me learn techniques to ground my, my be able to, to cope with you know, the things I was dealing with. Um, she actually heads the psychic circle I'm a part of now, but, but yeah, she, she was a wonderful help. She guided me towards books and different workshops and just really knowledge was power for me um, at that time. So that's, that's what helped me then aside from crystals and holding on to tourmaline for dear life, like, please just let me sleep. Don't bother me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right. Well, so now as you research, and there, obviously there's so much information out there, are there a couple of, of books or authors or, or teachers that really stood out for you and really helped you? I stumbled upon Echo Bodine. Um, and that was actually a book that jumped out at me when Borders Books, it wasn't Borders, no, it was Borders. Borders Books was a thing. It's not there anymore. Um, it jumped out of me off of a shelf. And it was called, not unlock your, it was um, the key The key to unlocking your inner, I can't remember the specific name. Um, but yeah, that book like sang to me. It, it really did touch home. Um, and then I just grabbed any book I could get on from her. Okay. So she was very, yeah, she, I, I wish I could meet her. She was amazing. She taught mm. me a lot through her books. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what is the, uh, the thing that stands out the most about, about the uh, first book that really, really grabbed your attention? I think when she would talk about her own experiences as a child and mm -hmm. how she felt alone and, um, you know, remember I, I really didn't talk about it with people, so I didn't know other people felt similarly okay. when they were young. Yeah. Um, so I, I really felt 
a connection to the way that she felt growing up. And some of her gifts were very similar to mine. Um, I, I hesitate in saying gifts, I should say. Um, I was just more in tune with the, with the connection mm-hmm. than sure. anyways. Um, but she, she was very, uh, very similar to me in her experience. And she was able to write books and have work and help people who also felt the way that I felt. And I just found that to be so amazing just to be able to help people like that, because I was so desperate for that kind of a connection because I didn't have it, you know, for my whole life, pretty much at that point. Okay. Yeah. Well, and it, it sounds like it was a bit jarring for everything to come up all at once. And, and now you have, you have embraced it. So is there a, a certain um, person or a certain tradition that, that helped you with the embracing it? Yeah. What, what really helped you in that regard? Okay. So the shamanistic culture, which I am sure you're familiar with Mm -hmm. their whole idea of dualities really helps me because um, there really is, you need to embrace both because life is made up of both dark and light or black and white or however way you want to do it. Yin and yang, you know Um, I was running from the yin and trying to just be the yang. Um, and that just didn't work for me. So it really was a matter of embracing both sides, both the dark and the light, um, for a well-balanced me, you know, it was, that's, that's, I think that's the main principle that helped me. Okay. And for the listeners who may not be familiar with yin and yang in the context in which you describe it, uh, how would you describe yin and yang in your life and your experience? I would say simply put, we'll take a human being. Mm -hmm. We're both made up of, you know, what one would deem bad energy or negative energy or, you know, darker feelings, but we also have the light feelings. Um, if you're able to, you know, just learn from the darkness because it's there and it's it's there for a reason, learn from it and grow from it, then you really do help yourself in life. I mean, it's very, very easy to embrace the light and very, very easy to surround yourself in white light and protective bubbles and all of those things. And I do those things and I appreciate those things, but if there is a darkness that pops up, whether within you or externally, there's something to learn there too. And I say, don't run from it. Um, Cause fear is an illusion that we sort of force feed ourselves. Um, and it's not necessary. It just the ebb and flow, just accept it for what it is. And just, just be, if you know, for lack of a better word, just be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. So this is very interesting. So the shamanic tradition, which of course is, is, is excellent in many places all over the world. Is there a particular type of shamanism that you've worked with more than others? To be honest, I no. Um, I I just I just am embrace it all as much as I can. And I still only know the tip of the iceberg. Um, <laughs> sure. So I wouldn't say I'm well 
versed in it. I just know a little bit. Um, Sandra Ingerman's books taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, I think, okay, animals, the world around you, if you're walking in the wilderness, it speaks to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you are being spoken to all day long just by being outside. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people just are so buried in, in everything other than nature that they're missing the messages. Um, that is one of the, the saddest things for me. It, it, it hurts my heart, you know, and um, for it to be ignored in such a, I mean, I, I, I'm going to babble for a second, but the pandemic, so okay. the world stopped. Mm-hmm. And when the world stopped, you saw more animals and, and more birds. And I felt even that they were more brave to approach humans than normal because I think that we became a little more receptive consciously on the collective level. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I, it just, I think that's why a lot of people woke up really because nature was talking to them and more people were open. Okay. Yes. I I think that a number of us would echo that sentiment on a lot of levels. The pandemic, while it's been really, really challenging on, on a lot of levels. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the biggest understatement that anyone's ever uttered on this show. It was a challenge. It was a thing. Yeah. But people have adopted a lot of, of more loving behavior. Um, you know, I think a, a number of us have, have talked about seeing a trend toward people really valuing one another again and uh, coming back to what is, is more genuine now. Time will tell if that is to True. last. But, you, you know, you make a really good point about messages and that you're being spoken to in nature and we're being spoken to all the time. And then here you find yourself deeply involved and engaged in your own experiences, your own psychic, mediumistic, Reiki healing experiences and in corporate America, in finance, no less. Let's talk a little bit about that. That's pretty dark and light, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I like to, I often would chalk it up and just say to myself, well, you know, corporate America's grounding me. It's keeping me anchored, you know? So if I'm not, I'll float away like a balloon in the sky. Yeah. Um, but that was before I, I learned how to anchor myself. So I don't need corporate America as an anchor anymore. I feel like that is a, a skin that I'm, I'm trying to shed, but the skin is clinging on for dear life. You know, it's that poor snake can't get that skin off. That's kind of how I'm feeling, but, um, but that is what I yearn for. You know, that is, that is what I long to do. I don't belong where I am now. It did serve its purpose and I'm grateful for the experience, but it's definitely, um, it's not my calling. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I think that there are a number of listeners that can relate to that because I know that a lot of people, everyone that listens to this show is in 
to, well, everything that we've been talking about here on, on this episode, um, and, and then some. And a number of them are, in fact, in a, a corporate job or a more traditional job. So what is the transition looking like for you, other than a snake shedding its skin and then having a difficult time of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, what, I always what, speak in metaphor. <laughs> I love. I, well, I love that one because it's a very strong visual, and uh, you know, we're, we're listening to this in audio only, and we can all picture that because we've all seen snakes shedding their skin, or most of us have, and it, it's a uh, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is <laughs> rubbing up against little rocks and trying to get it off somehow, and yeah, mm -hmm. it's hard work with no arms and legs, mind you. <laughs> Yes, right. Yeah. And, and so are you finding that it's, it's really, really hard work? Or how close are you to shedding the skin, uh, shedding that skin finally? I mean, you know, it's I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm 25% shed, I would say. Um, okay. I still got a ways to go. You know, it's really more about um, building a client base and actually being able to to feel secure enough that I can say goodbye corporate America I'm not so afraid now because I'll be okay you know without the the steady paycheck and the, those are the things that are really keeping me where I am so it's really just um I've been using it as a way to um feel financially stable while I'm trying to build this other side, because there's no guarantee on that side, but there's guarantee for a paycheck in corporate America, you know? So that is, that is the struggle. That's the key struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I think a number of us can relate to that struggle oh, yeah. um, right there. And <laughs> sure. yeah, it's always, it's the paycheck. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's, that's just, it's just not a way to be though. If you think about it, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. it stinks because you feel beholden to it or something. It's, okay. you know, is that the toughest thing for you is the feeling of being beholden? Um, yeah, it's, it's, Yes. It, the toughest thing for me is to feel like I need to stick this out until I build it. It's just that necessity of it is what is what is bothering me because I want to just be like, bye. See ya. You know, I let me just do my thing and, and feel fulfilled in the direction I want to go in. Um, yeah, it's that feeling of just like stuck that okay. I don't like. All right. Well, so yeah, I can, I can, I can relate to that. I can relate to that from personal experience. And I know a lot of listeners can relate to this as well because, well, most of us have had many career lives. <laughs> so oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah. It's quite common. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about what you're, you're doing now. Now you are certified in Reiki and uh, you're doing mm -hmm. a number of things. What are you transitioning to? Um, I mean, it, I'm still trying to figure out what that's going to look like because okay. I, my mind runs in a million directions. I'm mm. ultimately, I want to help people. I want to heal people. I want to connect to people and tell them it's okay. Who you are and what's inside of you is legitimate. You're not crazy, but I also want to write books and I want to have a podcast and I want to, I mean, 
I just really want to just connect with people, but like help them, you know, and, and just have them see a piece of themselves in me, if that makes sense. Like what Echo did for me, Echo Bodine. You bet. It makes all the you sense know. in the world. And here you are on a podcast. It's perfect. Yeah. I know. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> well, it, it works. It, it does. It's, it's a way to get in front of people worldwide. And, and so we both thank you for, for tuning in here, wherever people are joining us from, which is literally all over the world. It's a beautiful thing to be able to reach out. Now, this is a good message for people. You're not crazy. What's inside you is legit uh it's real it's uh it's definitely a real live experience so how um how are you reaching out then um how do, how do you want to reach out to people and ensure them um, that they're not crazy because there's a lot of power behind that there is and in many avenues um mm -hmm. i want I want to, you know, would love to do something like what you're doing eventually. Um, I've always wanted to write a book. I mean, oh, yeah. my journals read like books. You know, I, I really just, I'm always writing, writing, writing. I just enjoy it very much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, even in the day-to-day, -day, I mean, I want to talk to people. You know, if I'm in a Rite Aid and someone approaches me and tells me their life story, I will stop what I'm doing and I will talk to them. So even in those little moments, it's rewarding, you know? Um, so whether it's like that small um, interaction or writing a book and having it published or creating a blog or, you know, and I have a blog, but it's, it, it needs a little bit more content, but I started a blog. Um, but yeah, it's just really connection. I, I mean, any way to connect. Because yeah. not only do I feel that I would benefit a person I'm talking to, but I'm also growing from each connection I'm making mm -hmm. and learning a lot as well. I mean, yeah. I'm learning a lot from you in this little conversation we're having, you know, so it's just all about that. It's just the connection, really. Yeah, well, and I, I think that I speak for a number of podcast hosts that that is what it's actually all about is is the connection and learning from other people. And well, I'm I'm learning a great deal from you. I know the listeners are learning a great deal from you as well. So, Fatima, how? Yeah, of course, yes. How can people get a hold of you if they'd like to connect with you? I do have a website. It's um w well www.my-soul, <laughs> mm -hmm. like the S-O-U-L, purpose, dot -E com. So that's my website and all of my, you can email me that way, connect with me that way. Um, I also have a soul purpose on Instagram. Okay. Um, and then I have a personal Instagram that's Femi K. Okay. And, and can you spell that your personal Instagram? Yes. It's uh, F E E as in Edward M as in Mary K as in kangaroo. I'm sorry. I forgot the Y Feeny. So F E E M Y K as in kangaroo. Okay. And that's your, your personal Instagram. And then you also have an Instagram page, soul purpose, 
Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's mysoulpurpose.com, M-Y hyphen soul, S-O-U-L purpose, P-U-R-P-O-S-E.com. All right. To get a hold of, of you and see what you're offering and uh, how, how people can connect with you. Because ultimately that really is what it's all about. And We've all learned a great deal. That I always learn a great deal from these conversations. So, what? Uh, what? Before we wrap up, what would you like to say to the listeners here? Because th this is a listening base of people that are very interested in every single thing that we've talked about, from psychic experiences, Reiki, mediumistic experience, generational psychics. What closing words would you have for all of us? I think that the one off the top of my head would be whatever is inside coming out, embrace it. Um, embrace the child within and heal that child. All right. Yeah, beautiful. All right. Embrace the child within and heal that child. Yeah, wonderful. That's very <laughs> succinct. And well, Fatima, this has been such a pleasure. Uh, it's really been a, a fun conversation. And thank you so much for joining me here today. Oh, no, thank you. You make it very easy to talk to. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's definitely my pleasure. And guys, this has been Fatima Katz here on Decide to Transform. Again, her website is my soul purpose, my hyphen soulpurpose.com. So connect with her there. And thank you all for tuning in. This has been Decide to Transform. Have a great day, everybody.